Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. In today's study, we take a look at something a little different. It seems many people accompanied Jesus during his earthly ministry. Today on Drawing Near, we get a brief behind-the-scenes look at those who followed Jesus. Let's open our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 8 as we study Jesus and his followers. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. And our Father in heaven, we give thanks to you for this day, for this opportunity that we have to study your word, to pause and to devotionally worship you, seeing what you have revealed and made known to us through your word, so that we might understand and grow in our following Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to discern your truths. And in a passage like this today, Father, help us to just get a glimpse of what life might have been like around Jesus. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If we were to take some time and sit down with our imaginations and try to configure in our hearts and minds what life was like 2,000 years ago as Jesus walked through Galilee, walked through Judea, and did his earthly ministry, while he was teaching and preaching, feeding the multitudes, going up into the mountain to pray, calling his 12 disciples, having around him many other disciples other than just the twelve, what did life look like? When did they eat? How did they eat? Did they eat by campfires? Were they always eating in people's homes? All of these things. What about plumbing and water and all of these things that go into life 2,000 years ago in the ministry of an itinerant preacher and Messiah, someone who traveled about? Well, in Luke chapter 8, verse 1, we read the following words. Soon afterwards, he, Jesus, began going around from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. And so as Jesus was doing his ministry, he went from city to city and village to village. As he went, he was proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God what life was like in the kingdom of God, what the standards were, what God required, who God as king is in the kingdom of God, and who we, the citizens of that kingdom, who we are and what we need to do, what we owe to the God and king of the kingdom. And then we're told the 12 were with him. And if we don't pay attention, we may think that the 12 are the only ones that are with him. But we don't know that. As a matter of fact, we are told that he selected these 12 out of a larger pool of disciples. At one point, we're told that he works with the 70, 70 disciples. Can you imagine traveling around with 12 people all the time, or 12 people and some members of their family, or 70 people, or even more? That's what Jesus did. In verse 2, we're told and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses, Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others 
who were contributing to their support out of their private means. Not only were the twelve with him and maybe several other disciples, male disciples, but there were women who traveled in this company, in this group of people. And these women, by and large, had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Now, don't just emphasize the idea of evil spirits. Some, like Mary Magdalene, were certainly healed of evil spirits. But there were others who were healed of various sicknesses. In their minds and hearts, no doubt, they believed they owed Jesus their life. And so they traveled with him. They accompanied him. Probably not all of them, all of the time for his entire ministry, but probably in intervals. Some were traveling with him at one point, others at others. These individuals would have responsibilities or families to attend to. Uh, We can only imagine the natural human circumstances that went into this. But we have several of the ladies. These several ladies are represented by this group. Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Steward, and Susanna. Now, we don't hear much about these individuals in the Gospels, but they are there. No doubt there are others, other women and other men who are there that we don't hear much about either. These individuals were following Jesus because Jesus is the Messiah. In their mind, he is not like any other rabbi or teacher. He is the Messiah, the promised Savior, the one who is coming to establish God's kingdom on earth, to deliver Israel out of their bondage, to set up Israel as a kingdom. And so they're following him, and they're following because in worship they owe him. They're devoted to him. He has done wonderful things in their lives. They have seen magnificent things out of him, and they are following him. They have left everything, and they are traveling with Jesus from village to village, from city to city. And we're told at the end of verse 3, and many others were following who were contributing to their support out of their private means. These people have to eat. At times, they're going to have to lodge. There are financial needs that Jesus and his disciples and those traveling have. And what we're told here is, these individuals, under the work of God in their hearts, out of their love for Jesus Christ, contributed financially to the support of these people. We're told later on in the Gospels that Judas Iscariot had control over the money box. They had resources, financial resources. We don't know how much they had, but we know this, they had enough. God provided for the physical and financial needs of Jesus' ministry, and he did so not only out of the hearts and lives of men who followed Jesus as disciples, but he provided through these women. Isn't it wonderful that we see in the scripture, in a day and time where women were not elevated to any kind of significant stature, and that's very, very sad, but it was the truth, that God, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, makes sure to mention in Luke chapter 8 that there were women and these women at work in Jesus's life and ministry. We just saw at the end of chapter 7 a woman who had a bad reputation, who was a sinner, come and worship Jesus in a profound way in a visually profound way. 
And we see women throughout Jesus's ministry, especially at his resurrection. He appears to Mary. He appears to these women who go and are going to care for the body or worship at the tomb of Jesus. We need to understand that in Christ Jesus, God is no respecter of persons. Now, that's a huge statement that we all need to nail down. God doesn't respect the rich over the poor. God doesn't show more respect for the male over the female or the Jew over the Gentile, the slave or the free. God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't look at people in categories. He doesn't distinguish one from another. God sees people as sinners who need a Savior, and he reaches out to them in love by sending Jesus to die on the cross for them. We have various roles we need to live out in our lives. We are not all equal in finances or intelligence. We do not all possess the same amount of strength or the same amount of faith. Some are freer than others. Some are dealing with circumstances that others don't have to. We need to know. We have various roles and circumstances that we live in, but God is not a respecter of persons. The poor in the household of God is seen with exactly the same kind of love, mercy, and grace as the rich. And we as human beings who serve in God's kingdom, we need to understand that we are not to show distinguishing respect between people. We are to treat all people the same. doesn't matter what their skin color is or their gender. We are to treat them as sinners who, if they've trusted in Christ, are saved by grace. Now, we need to say a word of caution here. That doesn't mean that we are to disregard someone's sinful tendencies. We can't hang a sign on our door that say, all are welcome regardless of circumstances to come and be a member of this church. That's not the case. The church is for believers who have committed themselves to following Jesus Christ. That's the distinction we make between those who are lost, dying in their sin, and those who are saved. To the lost, we share the gospel and the message of hope and try to bring them into faith in Jesus Christ. To the saved, we recognize that they've trusted Christ and we acknowledge that salvation in their heart and life and we seek to help them to grow in the faith, to unite with them in worship and in service of God the King. This passage just gives us this brief little glimpse of life in the daily walk of Jesus Christ. And I greatly appreciate seeing how God makes sure he highlights people other than just the 12, even if it's just briefly in the scriptures. Father in heaven, we thank you that each one of us have a part to play in the work of your kingdom. We thank you that you as God and Father have called each one of us and gifted each one of us, equipped each one of us for work in your kingdom, for service in your kingdom. Help us, Father, to live out our ministry before you in faith and in faithfulness. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and he will draw near to us.